Thank you guys for joining us on today's episode of Unemployable Podcast. We have Lola, also known as Glitter Poops, joining us today. Thank you. Hey. Special guest. Special, special guest. <laughs> Jump have over. you ever worked in an office? Mm-mm. That's probably why. It probably is why. Cam works at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We already established this. We all did. We all yeah, did. Yeah, I didn't all tell One, you. two, three. <laughs> With the Dunkin' Boys. Yes, yeah, when I showed up Dee Dee at boys. my apprenticeship, my resume said Dunkin' Donuts. That's you had a resume? What is that? No, actually, I was in college um, really just selling drugs, and my girlfriend at the time was like, you're a fucking loser. Like, you should do a real thing. <laughs> and like Dunkin to her, a real thing was like, be a tattoo artist, you know? <laughs> so she asked her, her, her tattoo artist if he would mentor me. And I like showed up and I was able to like hold it together enough for like an interview and he gave me a chance and that's when it all started. That sounds nice. Sounds easy. It was and I got fired nine months in <laughs> for, for what? drugs. <laughs> and then it came to Florida and then no one wanted to take um, like someone that had done five silhouette tattoos, you know. So I found this guy, Vince, in Hollywood, who worked at Silver on the Mount. Um, he's like this old, mean biker. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'll give you an apprenticeship. And I was like, because oh, I already did one. You know, I didn't want to <laughs> do one again, but it was kind of like my only chance. So I was like, all right. So I did another one for like a year, and then I got fired from that one, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... Uh, I was like, damn. And then I gave up for like four months because I was like, maybe I just wasn't meant to be a tattoo artist. So I was like painting houses, which sucked. And then I was like, fuck this. I went to a job fair, I think, in this shop on Southwest A Street, which was like a half smoke shop, half tattoo shop. I was like, yo, we'll give you a chance. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, and they're like, are you a tattoo artist? And I'm like, yes. Because no. yeah. I've done like 15 tattoos. <laughs> that counts. Yeah. So I went on Google and I printed out a bunch of tattoos that weren't mine and I put it in a portfolio and I was like, look. And they're like, you're... <laughs> <laughs> you and have then, to respect the hustle. Yeah, and then I made it work, kind of, for like a year. <laughs> yeah. What was your first shop? Uh, my first shop was one in Hialeah. It was a walk-in shop named Major League. Okay. So you went straight into tattoos? No Dunkin' Donuts? No. <laughs> I did my apprenticeship there for uh, a year, and then I stayed there for another three. What did that apprenticeship look like? Because um, you said it was nine years ago? Yeah. Yeah. It was like 2013, 14. Yeah. Um, it was just like a lot of free labor. Yeah. A lot of drawing for the artists, a lot of like managing the front desk, cleaning, answering phones. Right. How, so how old are you like day one? Oh, man. Maybe, like, 23, 24. Right. So you, how did you get the opportunity, or did you just walk into the shop? So it was really funny. I was, um, I had quit my retail job. Like, I went crazy, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Okay. And I failed. She's and better I- than us, Kim. She was doing retail. <laughs> we were dunking up. Fuck. <laughs> I had a, a bunch of stuff. Oh, there we go. Is it good? Sing. Hi. 
Yeah, wow, that's, that's good. good. <laughs> so I, I bailed on my retail job and I had a bunch of like, like just quit. Yeah. All I, in. I just couldn't. Yeah. I, I had it. It's done. Um, it was eating me up from the inside. Like it was just killing me. So I quit. I liquidated like my ESOP. I had stocks in the company. Yeah. So I had a lot of money when I left as like a severance. And I just went and I traveled everywhere. And when I came back, I had like $73 right. <laughs> in my nice, bank account. Nice, all or nothing. So and you're like, I'm just going to travel for fun. Yeah, I want to yeah. travel and see the world and, you know, just pick up a lot of inspiration. So when I got back, I moved back into my mom's house and I started painting and posting my art on Instagram. And I don't know how this guy found me, but he was a tattoo artist in North Carolina that originally lived in Miami. Gotcha. And he said, hey, your art is really good. Like, have you ever considered a career in tattoos? And I love tattoos. I had been, like, drawing on my friends with Sharpies since middle yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. So it made sense in a way, but so you had I considered never considered it. it. Oh, you I didn't? I never considered oh, okay. it. And then it just kind of clicked when he said that. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to get a regular job. Right. I'm fucked. Uh, let me just see where this goes. How do you start? And... He asked me where I was from. I told him I was in Miami. And he's like, hey, I know a shop in Hialeah. I know the owner. Go over there. Talk to Mikey. Let him know I sent you. Ask him for an apprenticeship. Take a bunch of your drawings. So he was just kind of being nice to you. Yeah, he wow. was being That's super nice. That's pretty cool. Nice. You still in contact cool. with him? Um, he's around. I haven't spoken to him in a few years, but we're still, we're still good. That's cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most of the time I feel like people have an agenda. It sounds like he didn't. Like, yo, hey, I'm just looking out. Yeah, yeah, I think he just saw the potential, and That's I'm so cool. glad he did. Because otherwise, I would have—I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> did you do any like drawing out? prior to quitting the retail job? Yeah, since which, since I my first memory is drawing since like Cuba. Okay. Yeah, which is where you're from, correct? Yeah. And then when did you move over here? 1998. So I was like seven years old. Cool. And then Miami ever since. Miami, Hialeah, which is basically North Cuba. So it's yeah, that's still- cute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Went from south to north. Yeah. Yeah. But so tell me about the apprenticeship. Because obviously Cam finished an apprenticeship not too long ago. And I feel like there are major differences between, you know, when you and I might have done it 10 years ago to now. Maybe some similarities. Totally. But like you walk in, obviously it's intimidating, right? Uh, yeah, it definitely was. I think uh, there there weren't even any girls at the shop at that time. Yeah. When I walked in, it was just the owner and all his like male artists, which looked pretty scary because they were like fully tattooed. Right. You know. Um, but I I went with my little sketchbook man and <laughs> just like, like a ready? big smile. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey man, you know, like I I was recommended here by Carlos. He said that maybe you would consider me for an apprenticeship if you liked my art. So he basically sat me down and explained to me what an apprenticeship was. And he's like, free labor, you got to be here from 12 to 10 p.m. And you got to answer the phones, you got to clean. Like, you basically can't even touch a tattoo machine until I say you're ready. And then when you are able to start tattooing, you have to buy all your own shit. But, you know, you don't get paid as an apprentice, so it it was kind of... What did you think when you were hit with that? I was like, well, I'm I'm not going to be working anyway, so might as well do the labor for free, get in the industry, you know, just tough it out. Were you looking at your $73 like? <sighs> I was looking at my $73 trying to see how I could make that into like enough to buy a tattoo machine yeah. materials. Like, yeah. plus I was living with my parents, didn't have to worry about rent, but I didn't have a car. So what I would do is I would tell my friends, hey, like when I was finally able to tattoo, if you like give me a, 
a drive. Yes. Give me a ride. Yes. I got you with the fucking tattoo, man. Yeah. That's and a fucking move. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a lot of hard work, a lot of grit. I'm glad I went through it. Right. But that's not realistic today. Let's let's be real. How was it's your really parents not. when you told me you want to be a tattoo artist? Oh my god. Oh my god. I bring you to the free land. This is what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, that was like the worst thing I could have said to them. They said I was gonna end up homeless, that I only wanted to tattoo because I could smoke weed. Well they, so they could tell was, the future because that's pretty much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I get it. Like we come from a place where artists, like that is a last resort thing yeah. for them. You know, so like I get their mentality, it doesn't mean that it's right. But I did it anyway. And uh yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah. But they're glad I did. Wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> nah. But I remember waking up with like borderline anxiety attacks every day. Like I need to get to work early. You know, I need to open the shop. I need to make my mentor proud. I didn't want to get like yelled at. Yeah. You know, by him. Uh, and and I was twenty. You know, pretty much same age, no life experience, just trying to figure it out. You know, and like do my best. And at the time I had no skills, <laughs> you know, so I was trying to do my best with no skills. Um, I think my baseline at the time was like a bad person, too. So like I, that was my moral compass was like off. So like trying to like yeah. make that work or whatever. Uh, and then when I yeah, when I was when I actually started doing paid tattoos, I was living in plantation and working on Southwest A Street. So that was like 40 minutes away at least. Yeah, that's a long drive. And I didn't have a car. <laughs> so I would I would did what you did. Like I'd I'd be like, first off, I'd do a tattoo for any price. I you know? <laughs> like if you could drive me there and you were willing to pay $33, I'll fucking that's tattoo you the whole day. I would imagine back then the minimum was like twenty. If that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My minimum was like a dollar. You know, <laughs> and a ride. <laughs> and maybe a monster that's a Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it, it, and I, you know, cause when you're doing your apprenticeship for whatever reason for me, like it didn't feel like I had the guarantee that I would be tattooing at the end. Yeah. It, it always seemed like a maybe kind of thing. Like if you work really hard, if you obey all the things I do and you put up with my abuse, right. I might let you tattoo. Right. So I didn't feel like there was this guaranteed light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like. When they come in now or when Cam comes in now, does his apprenticeship, like I'm like, you will be tattooing in a year, year and a half. That's the whole point. You're here mm -hmm. is to learn how to tattoo. For whatever reason, I felt like back then it was like, they're like, I don't give a fuck if you tattoo. But they really didn't. Right. Yeah, they really <laughs> didn't. Yeah. They're like, they I really just want it. free labor. Hopefully yeah. you don't cost me too much yeah. money in your mistakes. But I also get it because I feel like back then tattooing was, was more exclusive. Like who could learn? Yeah. So you really had to put up with a lot of shit to show them that you value like what they have to teach. Do you think we're going to see that in the generations to come? No, like, sir. do you think that, I don't know. well, this is what I mean. Like those who made it 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, have this level of commitment to the craft. Do you think we're going to see this new wave of lack of commitment, which will hurt the industry? I mean, just by saying that there's tattoo artists with no tattoos shows you just yeah. how their lack of commitment is going to yeah. affect the industry. You know, and that's a big part of it. I feel like a rite of passage was getting fucked up tattoos by all your coworkers when you were yeah, an apprentice. Yeah, it definitely you know? was. Tattooing yourself is also like a big yeah. one. 
you have to yeah. know what that feels like yeah i agree yeah. i have seen more and more artists without tattoos yeah. how do you feel about that i mean i'm 21 i'm getting like i already have a leg that's almost done i don't personally like i agree with lola like if you don't have any tattoos it's like like how many times do you get like there. yeah how many times do you like be. get a client that's like hey i'm you're about to tattoo i'm on a spot and they're like how does this feel exactly. and like if you don't have that spot tattooed you're like well my boy said it hurt yeah like, i'd look at my artist like what like you don't know because there are some pretty amazing artists out there that don't have tattoos mm -hmm. yeah and i know that was like a thing recently going back and forth on the internet about a couple of them like what people thought and i went into the comments and i was like it seemed you know people from both sides were coming out yeah. like oh i don't think that matters They're like no i think that matters yeah. i think that's fucked it's definitely a disconnect from the culture of of the industry yeah. but i don't think you necessarily have to have tattoos to be a good artist yeah i personally have an artist in my shop with no tattoos and he's great yeah you know, it's his personal choice and you just have to respect it but there will always be that disconnect yeah he has like none none like not even like, like one none, small one none. Yeah. and i've been on him like at least tattoo yourself once yeah. he doesn't you know? want any no nah, he doesn't huh everyone here has tattoos right yeah. it's kind of like for me walking into the shop it's kind of hard to say no to some of the artists if they offer me a tattoo yeah like i feel like it's almost kind of disrespectful maybe too i i think i felt like that as an apprentice yeah or it's like because I, I even got tattooed yeah. by some artists I didn't want to get tattooed. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it, it, me also. Like I've, I've had. I've had <laughs> oh yeah. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've all like been down there, but like have an artist like Nate, who's like a twelve-year artist, and one of my opinion, like one of the most underrated color artists in South Florida, and he's like, "Yo, let me do a leg sleeve on you, which is upwards of you know like twenty grand realistically." Mm -hmm. And if I were to say no to that, right. It's like some people would kill for that opportunity almost and it's would. like now but that's being, easy to say yes to yeah 100 percent. yeah because <laughs> nate's like you're like oh she would do it like she would. yeah the hardest yeah. part is it but fucking I mean, hurts yeah but like i have apprentice bangers on me you know like i let her name who shall not be spoken tattoo Yo, me. but i um, <laughs> i love the apprentice bangers <laughs> me too and i can't wait for nate to cover them but yeah i have three or four apprentice bangers on me so i know what it's like to get a couple bad tattoos you haven't tattooed me right no yeah like when you put your trash work on me i'll never cover it yeah. and i'll love it forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i have adrian's on the back of my leg that i'll cherish like, yeah. it's not the best Dude, but I'll i cherish it. love adrian yeah me too like the tattoos like man but the person it's connected to is like i'll, I'll appreciate yeah yeah like when i get tattooed now I feel like I go to the artist and like typically I pick them because I like 90% of the work they're putting out and I'm like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Because for me at this point, at least for me, it's about just getting something from that mm -hmm. artist. Right. I feel and like, and I want their best version. Yeah. You know, so whatever you're into, I don't know. And, and like, I'll tell people that and it'll like make sense to them. Like it's clients wise, most of the time it makes sense to artists. Um, and then some clients are like, that doesn't make sense. Like, what if you don't like what they choose? And I'm like, well, it's, it's not about that. I just want yeah. you know, a tattoo from like, them. And the tat like the ending tattoo looks like way different than the stencil or like yeah. the design you really see. Like anything Nate's ever showed me, like by the time it's tattooed and done, it looks completely different than like yeah. what he showed me. It's just trust them really. Bro, Nate tattooed my leg the other day and halfway through, someone's like, what are you getting? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see it when it's Someone's done. Someone's like, yo, what'd you add this time? I was like, I'm yeah. not sure. It just hurt. Yeah, it's on the back of my leg. I can't <laughs> see it. So. 
I just know he's covering you something. Get, you get tattooed often? Yeah, I do. What, so, what's your process like with that? Um, I just show up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I show up and <laughs> I feel like I if, get ready if you know it. who you're getting tattooed by, you kind of know what to expect. And it's yeah. like. I got tattooed by Dan here. That's right. Yeah. Like about a month and a half mm-hmm. ago. And it was the knee. And I just showed up. He had the, the stencil ready and we went with it. it yeah, like, the, you know, he's doing like the weird mandala kind of things yeah. right now. They're yeah. cool. You just like, yo, whatever you got, You just don't question it. it. If yeah. you like the artist's work, exactly. you just show up and get tattooed. And you You're usually get the best tattoo that way. Yeah. What about you, Danny, as a non-tattoo artist? Uh, no. No. There's a, there's this kid, young apprentice kid, who uh, was tattooing my leg. He did a coffin. <laughs> and, uh, a doctor. And he looked right when we were done. He just did the lines. And he said, this is going to be sick when I fill it in. That was like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You Everyone else is doing fire work. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh. one of my, like, my 15th, like, one of my earliest tattoos. It's just the lines. Yeah, it's been so long. Yeah, it has been so long. <laughs> so like long. He, it was like one of the first pieces he threw on his leg yeah. when he got here because he didn't really have any leg. And now Danny's leg is like sick. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't think too much. So one of our artists here, Ramel, he broke his hand, and for a while he was trying to practice with his left hand. So I let him do um, two coffins that kind of made a heart kind of thing. You actually killed it for like someone using their left hand. That was really yeah. nice of you. It looks, yeah, it was, it was tiny. And then Cam did it a couple, probably like two weeks later, and it's another coffin. I'm like, I didn't think this shit out. Now there are three coffins in a space. Oh, yeah, because the tattoo he did was like a double coffin yeah, already. A little heart coffin. But you just kind of, <laughs> do you like say, hey, whatever you want? Because some artists like a little direction. Um, I mean, everyone that I've talked to, I feel like it's always like that. You give them, like, subject matter. Like, with Nate, I was like, yo, I want something with statues and graffiti. But, like, whatever statues and graffiti you want, you do it. It's just, that's just like. a theme. Yeah, like, Oscar with my leg. I was like, I want a creepy girl. And that was it. It's like, I didn't tell him, like, if I wanted, like, a specific position, anything, like, specific with it. It was just creepy girl. Whatever you came up with, I was going to get it. Yeah, normally when I go to an artist, I already respect their work. Kind of like how you said. Like, I'm just, like, creative freedom. Like, Katie did this cool marionette, like, uh, dead girl on yeah, there. Yeah, I think sick. Yeah. But there's no way I would have been able to, like, come up with something like that. Never. I yeah. just showed her, like, references. Yeah. I always get nervous. Like, say, Oscar and Denise, phenomenal artist from uh, Mexico, they did this collaboration piece on my thigh, and it's such a big space. And, like, they kept showing me some designs where I'm like, <laughs> and then but then i realized you know i should be a lot more vocal because i'm sure you guys want to hear that more you guys want us to get something but and what they came up with was beautiful and i, I love it and i appreciate them both um but they're actually were supposed to continue going down my leg and they couldn't come to an agreement with it like we we were like asking everyone here um but they're just both geniuses and i was just so humbled that they both got to do me at the same time that's what she said um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and everybody else here, there's pretty much no artist here that I don't respect. And I respect them now since I work with them and I see that the hard work that they do and how hard sometimes they can be on themselves, which is, you know, good and bad thing. Like everyone always says, oh, oh see, I, I did it this time. Thank you, Kyla. Uh, everyone here is their worst critic. And from an outside perspective, like I'm like, that looks amazing. And I can never like see it from my point of view because I'm not an artist. I see how hard everyone is on themselves, and I think it's good because, like, uh, John White, who we had a podcast, is a phenomenal artist here. He'll send me, and he'll go to the bar. He goes, send me everything, and I'll walk by while I'm going to my car, and he's just critiquing himself. 
Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Some artists are, you know, you know, Adrian, another phenomenal artist, he's learning and growing. Uh sometimes he's a little hard on himself. Um, but I see it as a very humbling thing in a sense where he doesn't see everything he does as like I'm killing it. He always wants to do better and he's young and he's learning and he's hungry. That's why I love you. That's how that's how you stay hungry though. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, it is so tough to find that healthy line in like critiquing your own artwork you know what i mean like because i i remember in the beginning i would like over critique and i would like discourage myself and almost like talk down to myself like yo you fucking suck Mm -hmm. like you've been tattooing three years your tattoo should be better and it, it would like ruin my week like i would do something that maybe 90 percent of it was good 10 percent could be way better and I would be like depressed yeah. until I did a tattoo I was happy with. That kind of which could yeah. be weeks. Yeah, like I just hit the one year mark, so I feel like in my mind, like I feel like I should be at another level now. And yeah. like I look at my stuff, and I'm like, this sucks. Yeah, and it's only because like I reached like a new little level that I'm like I should be farther. Right. Yeah. And like what I'll see, and I always keep an eye out for this, is like in those first couple of years, especially that second year. For whatever reason, those the terrible twos, like you'll over critique your work and your self-esteem will be so low and you'll try to compensate with the ego and then it'll come off like you're arrogant yeah. and you'll get this like weird combination of those two. I don't know if you've seen it, especially with like early tattooing and like we work on that a lot, you know, yeah. like staying humble, which mm-hmm. is just like having an accurate view of yourself. Yeah. Like, cool. Like. I'm a first-year tattooer. Like, I'm producing decent tattoos. I'm allowed to be proud of my tattoos. Yeah. Don't be arrogant. Yeah. You know, don't be, like, too hard on yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But try to improve. Yeah. I feel like every artist should at least be able to have that, like, step back and, like, even though you critique yourself, sometimes even look at, like, the good you did in a tattoo. Like, oh, that's something new I, I did. It's not right. maybe how I wanted it to look, but it's, like, I tried it. Yeah, And it's like, we'll work on getting it better, you know, but like, at least you're taking the steps. Yeah. Cause I know in the beginning a lot, it'd be like, lines look good. Mm-hmm. Shading <laughs> shit. And you're like, oh, it's a realism bees. <laughs> Whatever, you know? Yeah. But you know, always trying to find something good yeah. and then giving some positive feedback in a way that it can be heard. Mm-hmm. Do you have apprentices? I do. One, two, more? So I have one apprentice. Uh, she's three years in and she has her own place already. Very wow. proud of her. Nice. My second apprentice is still at the shop. Um, she's doing great. She loves dot work and mandalas and black work and yeah, geometric awesome. stuff. Um, and I have one right now that she's a couple months in. So nice. she's, she's still getting the hang of it. She's, she's baby apprentice. For your apprenticeship, do you kind of like let your apprentices decide like what route they want to take in their tattooing? Like, do you? They're different. Like, I've yeah. had to take a different approach with each of them. Like, my first apprentice, she was uh, older. She was older, like in her forties. Older 40s, than you. Like, mom. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah, she was actually a, a client of mine. That's really, really cool. Amazing artist. Like, I saw a lot of great potential in her, um, and I kind of pushed her to do it cool you know? she cool. didn't seek me out i kind of had to harass her and be like hey this is for you right you need to listen to me right <laughs> i'm saying this is for you and uh yeah she she took it and she wanted to quit a bunch of times i didn't let her but uh she she took it she started her own place she's really happy nice. and now she's killing it yeah she's awesome. killing it 
That's what's up. And what is, do you have like a standard for your apprenticeship? Like, okay, cool. I know it's, you know, going to take about a year. You're going to be doing this, this many hours. Like, yeah, what, like what is, a year is standard, I feel like, for any apprenticeship. Right. Yeah. I feel. Like, let's say, you know, I'm interested in apprenticing with you. Like, what are you going to let me know? Like, hey, John, this is what to expect. Um. Yeah, this is what to expect, I guess. Like, you're going to be doing the the free labor around yeah. the shop. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're going to be drawing a lot, um, shadowing, setting up, breaking down, uh, doing things for other artists, learning the logistics of the shop as well because we have a system in place. Sure. Um, and then, like, you can expect your apprenticeship to be about a year. How many hours a week do they work or how many days? They work six yeah. days a week depending on their needs right four hour shifts would you ever take someone that could do like a part-time apprenticeship yeah definitely like in this economy you're gonna have to right especially like as as someone in the industry who enjoys creating like not only artists but leaders we're yeah. gonna go and open up like really safe spaces for people that that can produce really great art you're gonna want that flexibility because not everyone can commit to a full-time apprenticeship I feel like especially people that are coming into the industry as they're older, it's harder. Because yeah. like, I was like you for the first apprenticeship, like I lived with my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like college. Yeah. Like in the sense that like I was going somewhere every day and I was still sheltered by my parents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's how I kind of, my mom yeah, kind Like of if you're coming in here t- 20 years old and you're like, I want an apprenticeship, I'm like, you're working seven days a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, you I know, know you're protected. Like, that was like my thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I lived with my mom. I dropped out of college to apprentice. So my mom was like, if you're going to do it, like you better work fucking hard. So I was here six days a week. Have you had success with a part-time apprentice? Yeah. Because uh, I never have. I've tried to. <laughs> All my apprentices have been part-time. Nice. Yeah. Do you make them like maybe a little bit longer since they spend less time in the shop? Maybe the apprenticeship. Um, not really, because at the end of the day, like what what they need to focus on is learning how to tattoo, um, just by watching, watching until they can actually do it. By the time they do it, that's when they have to go full time. Yeah. If they're gonna pick up a tattoo machine, you have to dedicate yourself full time to it. Yeah. But they can they can do other yeah. stuff part-time that sounds yeah. reasonable though. right yeah. you know i think it, it very well is yeah and then someone that's working part-time how many hours a week do you think they they're putting in maybe like four hours a day okay three four days a week makes sense yeah because i because like when i did my apprenticeship my mentor was like yo i need you i worked the second apprenticeship i worked six days a week and then my day off, half the day, I had to work. Mm. And he was like, I'm doing this. So it's like you're kind of like building muscle memory with everything that needs to be done in the shop. And you're not going to lose focus. And he, w- he also didn't let us take time off for the first year. Yep. So we could like really learn. Now, do I think it's possible to do a part-time apprenticeship? Yeah, 100%. You know, and I think that's cool that you offer that. I just, it didn't happen to me. And like, I'm so careful about like 
putting my own ideas into the apprenticeship. Yeah. Because, like, what was taught to me worked. And I don't want to fuck it up. Because my ideas fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm going to be super biased to, like, a full-time apprenticeship. Like, I went through full-time apprenticeships, 60 I mean, hours so a week. so did I. I worked yeah. 12 to 10, six days a week. Yeah. And, you know, that's, like, no breaks, no time off. Yeah. Like, to get, a, to get even, like, a day off, it was, like, this whole thing. Um, but I just don't think that's realistic today. Not for everyone. And, and by all means, yeah. if you want someone under you that has that same level of dedication that you did, that's going to be great. But I know a lot of people that don't have the means to do that. Right. It doesn't mean they should be excluded from at least the opportunity. I completely agree. Yeah. So, like, what, what we do here is, like, if you're my apprentice, like, I got you. Mm-hmm. And that means financially, too. So, like, I yeah. think that's, like, the other end of it. Like, I understand that aspect. You know what I mean? And, like, if things come up or, I mean, anytime. Use my windshield for the example. Anytime you had anything going on. Yeah. Because I want to build that relationship, that trust, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, if something comes up, well, we figure it out together. And, like, we figure it out together as a shop. You're definitely, like, if you see them putting in the, the time, you have no problem helping. So right. there was, like, during my apprenticeship, I was on the way home one day on the highway. I caught a brick through my windshield. Oh, no. I could not afford to pay for it. But John helped me with that. I mean, I'm going to make fun of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he sends me the Venmo. He's like, for your windshield loser. <laughs> Who do you think threw it? <laughs> Trials and tribulations. Logan. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, that, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and I get that. Because I remember, because I, I, I didn't have that in my apprenticeship. It was figure it the fuck out. Yeah. You know? And, uh... It created the hustle and like the in the mindset and I'm not sure if that's healthy <laughs> you know but I still kind of have that that now it's like that get up and go I and I remember when I transferred to maybe like a normal schedule where I'm only working like 50 60 hours a week mm-hmm. it felt yeah. like a break because I'm not working yeah. 90 I'm yeah like, this is awesome I this say, is super like, chill when like Logan came and I got to make you know I'm leaving maybe an hour earlier every day yeah. now it's like it does like add up like yeah. the amount of time yeah arriving an hour late now. yeah because <laughs> like Logan I mean you easily work 60 70 hours a week here yeah. and you have another job right Logan's killing it right shoot Yeah, because yeah. you'll come right here, here, you'll work. Oh, that's awesome! Twelve yeah, hour day, kind of convenient for him. Yeah, um, I've, I've actually figured out a good schedule. It's super convenient for me because it's right across the street. So yeah, it's like if I don't finish up here, I, just, I was Yeah. I just want to go on the record and say I love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like you you work hard and you're rewarded. It's yeah. And I'm sure, you know, work ethic has a lot to do with that. It's what it's about. You need a team like that. I'm sure you have, you know, a team you've assembled. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the camaraderie has to be strong, the yeah. respect. You're very open to your apprentices, like, learning from everybody. Of course, yeah. I encourage it, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not going to be doing, like, 
all the styles all the yeah. time. Yeah, you, you have some. You can learn something from everybody. Yeah, yeah. I've learned stuff from Danny. He's not even a tattooer. I've learned stuff from Logan. You know, he's an apprentice. I taught you so. something for tattooing. Teach me everything. Oh boy, <laughs> I don't even know how to, but you're welcome. <laughs> and then, so you, so you own your own shop. Yeah. And how long has the shop been open? Um, so I've, I've been established since 2018, but nice. I've been in my current location for the last two years. And it was a whole different animal to manage. Wait, so walk, walk me through that. What happened in 2018? You were at a different location? I went private. I okay. Went, I went and I did my own private studio. How was that? It was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was exactly what I wanted, everything that I needed. Um, I had this super cute little room, and I set it up real nice, like, with a chandelier. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a vibe for me and my clients. Right. Like but, a safe spot. You, yeah, it was yours. It was and that was and leaving got, the original shop? Major League, yeah. Okay. So it was really fun to do. And then um, I got my first apprentice, because I coaxed her into it. At the private studio. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and it was just her and I in that little room. We bonded a lot. We were I'm together. Sure. Every yeah. second of the day. Um, was this the first one that owns her own shop now? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. She's been through it, like, through the trenches with me and everything. Yeah. Um, and then my second apprentice sought me out. Well, did that shop have a different name? Hmm? The private studio? Did it have, like, a no, name? it was the same, same name. The Glitter Poops? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you moved to the new shop. Yeah. You did it by yourself. That's yeah, what we were talking that's about. That's what we were saying. Yeah, you heard other people wrong. had investors. I, did, I was saying I did it <laughs> right. wrong. <laughs> right. Right. I was there raw dogging business with my own money, basically. And Hell yeah. You know, I learned much later that that wasn't the way. Um, and, and Is it yeah. not the way, though? I don't, I, like, I know a lot of business owners now, and they all explain to me, you know, how they came up and stuff, and, and they use other people's money. Like, they, they take out loans from the bank. They have, like, these ways of doing things that now make sense and now I utilize them too. Right. But when I was first starting, like I had no knowledge of any of this. All yeah. I was like, I had this little notebook with everything down to like the last cent that I needed to create an establishment. Yeah. It was all written down. Um, and I had this total in there and I'm like, all right, I need to save this much money. I need just right. need to grind for like two weeks. If I do this many tattoos in this day, like if I do like a whole fucking day's work. Like this is how long? How how much over budget did you go? I don't. Want <laughs> was, it, was it a lot or a little? Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> With the new location, yeah. I kind of just didn't even give myself a budget because I had to do a full Good. build out. Yeah. And I was like, it's gonna take whatever it's gonna take. That that number is between my accountant and my bank statement. Like, yeah, no, I don't. I, don't even I need just know it. Just because I know, like, <laughs> I always go over budget. Whatever I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be double. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, but it was worth it. I wouldn't have changed a thing. Um, I'm just glad that I know what I do now. Now, what what was picking the location like? So when because you're in. Miami. Yeah. Right. When I was in the private studios, there were other tenants that had also suites in the building. Sure. And one of the tenants had a kid running around. They were in a hair salon. So the kid grabbed a bundle of hair and clogged all of the toilets. Wow. And basically flooded the entire building. So we couldn't work out of there for like a week because it smelled like shit. And there was sewer water like on our floor. Yeah. And I called my landlord and he was a very super sweet guy. And I was like, listen, man you and I have a great relationship. This location kind of sucks. I'm trying to expand. Like I need a building. 
Yeah. Do you have a building that I can have? He's like, yeah, absolutely. It's down the street. Cool. All right. Drove by it, and I was just, like, mortified, but I was looking at it. It was just, like, torn down, graffiti everywhere, like, broken glass. Like, yeah. It was just not it, was it. And I called my landlord. I'm like, are you sure? Right. He's like, yeah, you got to go inside. It used to be a church. You got to go inside. It's vintage. We went inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all aesthetics. Yeah. And it was just this big open space and you know, these windows and the, the loft, the second floor was closed off. So you, you don't see that from the outside. Yeah. And I kind of just walked through the space and I kind of got a feel for what it needed to be. And I, I was like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll make it work. Give me like free build out time and, and I'll do the build out like right. real nice. And then okay. now you got to find contractors. You got to find plumber, the whole deal. How was yeah, that? So I was dating someone that was very handy Nice. and he did a lot of that work. And wow, then, um, that's nice. I would tattoo all day until like midnight sometimes, and then yeah. I would go over there and help out. Yeah. Um, I was breaking down walls. I was like finding people for flooring. Like it was. Right. It almost cost me my sanity. <laughs> yeah, you don't realize like how much stuff you have to pick out. You do realize. I did. I realized. I well, not until I was down. not until I was doing it. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm building a second shop now, and, like, I already have the experience of building a shop, and, like, I still forget. You, I guess you were prepared. I, no, I, I wasn't. I I'm still prepared, not prepared. I'm still not prepared. So much as traumatized. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, pretty much. Yeah. Like, there was a hole in the floor of the loft when we first got there. So it was it was quite literally from scratch. You didn't put, like, a fire pole in there? That would have been sick. I, everyone wanted me to do that, but I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> We're going to think it's a stripper pole. <laughs> Did you yeah. ever imagine yourself opening up your own business? Did I ever what? Imagine yourself opening up your own business? No, I just wanted to tattoo people. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of a, a, a necessity, you know, to, to do it like this. But no, up, never my intention. Yeah, you end up wearing a lot of hats that have nothing to do with tattooing. Yeah, I'd rather wear none. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish I could just show up to work and, like, tattoo all day. But suddenly, you know, payroll needs to be done. And, and someone yeah. took a shit outside in the parking lot. Right. You know, some fucking crisis. <laughs> a glitter poop. <laughs> <laughs> glitter shit. That's right. That's good. Do you li- and do you like being a shop owner, though? In, in what way? In... The way of yes. owning a tattoo shop? <laughs> no. no, I really don't. Well, okay. There's things I like about it. Um, I love to create a space for, yeah. for artists and clients. So I love that. I don't like the logistical work of it. Right. Like the background business stuff? Yeah. Like yeah. accounting, payroll, inventory, uh, marketing, posting, replying, like answering yeah. phones. All that shit just drains me, really. And I have trust issues, so I don't trust anyone to do that. Right. Um, but everything else is so fulfilling. Like, walking in there every day and seeing everyone, like, happy, getting tattooed with, like, their friends. And they brought their baby. And, like, the baby's getting the temporary tattoo. Yeah. Like, it's it's really fulfilling in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a bunch of positive, a bunch of negative, And it's like, what am I going to choose to look at? Yeah. You know? And I don't know about you, but... Like when we opened this place, and I say we because there was a bunch of us, and you know, fortunately, unfortunately, it's just me now. I was 24, so like I didn't fucking know anything, barely knew how to tattoo, and like I so rejected the responsibility of being a shop owner, and it like scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And like all my artists at the time, not only were they older than me, but they had been tattooing longer than me. 
And like, I understood one of the most important things in the tattoo world is respect. And I was like, how am I going to earn these guys respect? You know? And I think being in the trenches, like being a tattoo artist was part of it. Um, I think giving them each individual and personal attention was another part. I think being fair, applying mercy in situations, just like, you know, sometimes giving things to people that they didn't necessarily deserve uh, just because, you know, I had faith in them. Uh, and like showing, like, I, I am going to provide something for the artist here. I'm not just going to try to like take, you know, because I feel like coming up in my industry, most, not all, most of my shops just tried to take from me. Absolutely. Right? So it's like, how can I create a shop that gives? Um, but I hated that. And like, as the partners and different people left, I was terrified. You know, it probably wasn't until two years into the business that I was like, I have to be a shop owner. I don't think I was a shop owner the first two years. I think I was like, you know, a tattoo artist that had a, some pull with what went on in, in the shop. Because um, I just like put it on other people. I was scared. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want to make decisions. You know, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want people to be mad at me. I don't want. I want people to like me, mm. right? And like that factored into like my ego and my decision making and and all this. And it turned out, or what I found out is like, if you're a shop owner, like people need to be able to count on you. Like you Absolutely. have to be a leader. You have to be a leader. You have to. And like they want to know they're safe. I want to know I'm safe, you know? They want to know, like, their job is safe. They want to know that you have their fucking back. And by not taking that responsibility, I wasn't giving anything to the shop. And, like, when I started to do that and, like, find my independence and, like, work on that, that's when it really started to become a family. Because we had all kinds of crazy shit here. I mean, you can ask Ricky. Like, there was one day where I had 12 artists leave in one day. Oh, wow. It was rough. And I was tattooing, <laughs> just watching them one by one go out the door. Oh my goodness. And it's because I wasn't a leader and it's because I wasn't providing anything for the shop. I wasn't the backbone, you know, and eventually trying to please everyone, like give this, give that, and then like go back and like live this like double life as like, I'm your friend, like me. Also, I'm trying to run the shop. I'm letting 10 different opinions run the shop. It just collapsed on itself, yeah. you know? Wow. And and we we got like a fresh restart essentially but what's that yeah there's three of us we went from like 15 to three and um i think at that point it felt like you know i lost 80 percent of the business and i was like yo are you gonna show the fuck up and do something about it or are you just gonna close the shop down oh, wow. you know uh but that was kind of like my point of like yo i gotta i gotta do something and it is tough to be a shop owner you know and i feel like the one cool thing about like us owning a shop is like we get to decide how it runs, whether we want that responsibility I mean, or not. That that was always the intention from day one for me. Right. Like I've, I've never been scared of, of hard work. I've never been scared of leading, especially because I had such a clear vision of what I needed the shop to be. And what was because that? Because I just needed to, I, I needed it to be a place for artists, like you said, to not get taken advantage of. Right. So when I opened it, I opened it with the standard of what I needed from my previous shop and nothing less. Yeah, it's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, what I expected 
like my clients to be treated and I was a, a client before I was ever a tattoo artist so also what I expected as a client from my tattoo artist I had very clear standards for my business and anyone that needed to come work for me needed to fall in line with those standards and those values too so I've I've never had to butt heads but but the fact that you did and you still you still came in out like super successful with an amazing team is is really commendable yeah and I'm sure you know like that's what it is. It's the team, mm-hmm. right? And like working together and having, it seems, I mean, you know, I haven't been to your shop. I'd love to come by sometime, check it out. But even like from pictures and seeing the events you guys put on and like the donations, it seems like you guys do things as a team, Yeah, which is so cool. It is like, I, I know what I want to do and then I just kind of have to make sure they want to do it too. Yeah. Um, I do have, like, artists that choose not to participate in, like, our donation events, and that's good for them, but, like, I kind of already just, you know, know who I can rely on for certain things, and if you sure. want to show up and just tattoo, then that's that's what you want to do, and right. you won't get any fulfilled any other way. At least you have a, a shop where you can go and work peacefully, you know? How many artists do you have? Whoa, okay. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Counting math. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think I have like twelve artists now. Yeah, nice. Twelve artists, two apprentices. Nice. And uh, we we have an amazing piercer, Allison. Fuck yeah! It's a big shop though. Yeah. It's a lot of personalities, right? Yeah, we're all pretty awesome. Yeah, we all, we all vibe really well. And then when you decide to bring someone new onto the team, what does that look like? Oh my god! So usually it's someone shows up crying <laughs> to my shop with some horror story from another shop yeah right. like julia back there <laughs> we won't say the name of the shop but but it was like a really bad place man like yeah. it was not good so usually that's how i meet new employees like yeah. they come to me last resort um because they hear about the reputation that we have they hear that we're super helpful we're super nice very accommodating people um and if anything they leave with at least some guidance Sure. about what they need to do. They may not always leave there with, with a job offer, but at least a good direction yeah. and, and a good connection. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Julia was on my ass for months for a job. I love that. Yeah. I was like, every day she didn't like, even know I, it. Every day at 12 o'clock, I was like, <laughs> let me call Lola at Glitter Poops because I swear to God, he'll leave this show. <laughs> <laughs> So you just bothered her every day until the answer was yes. After the third time she called, I knew I was going to hire her, but I didn't want to tell her. She was like, still building the shop, and I was like, do you need help? Dude, I'm, I love that. I'm yeah. such a sucker for that. Like, you know, whatever. Here's the secret, everyone. Like, if you show up here every day, eventually I'm going to hire you. Yeah. My yeah. current apprentice, she booked appointments with me. Every appointment she would yeah. ask me, can I be your apprentice? And I'm like, no, I don't want a headache right now. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'm going to ask you next time. And I'm like, you can try. <laughs> Until one day she just broke me. Yeah. She broke me. Because that's what you want. Yeah. You want someone that is serious, that yeah. shows up. When I remember when I was 16 and I was trying to like figure out how to get into the industry, um, this is back in New Jersey, like I would ask people, like, how do I get an apprenticeship? And they're like, just show up every day. And they're going to say no. And when they say no, leave. Or if they tell you to leave, leave. Just come back the next day. 
And I would do that for months. <laughs> and then the one guy was even like, I understand what you're doing and I respect it, but you're 16. I can't hire you. <laughs> you know? He's like, come back and do this when you're 18 or whatever. I was hundred percent prepared to do the same thing. Yeah. I should have fucking That's made like the you wait longer. Yeah. Master thing. yeah. The apprentice waits outside their door for like a year through the snow, through the rain gets, yeah. still gets rejected. And then one day just gets handed a sword. Last yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you can lose that, you know, and, and that's what will happen sometimes. And I also like have to protect myself because I know what I'm going to put into your apprenticeship. And like, I just can't help myself. I'm going to put everything into your apprenticeship and I'm going to take it home with me. Like when you're upset, when you're struggling, when you like, I'm going home, I'm laying in bed thinking how we can provide a solution. You know, whether it's like Adrian, you know, in the beginning he was struggling with realism and I'm like, how can we practice this? What can we do? What's the best? And I'd like come in and I'd be like, this is what we're going to do. And he already forgot about it. Yeah. You know, so like I don't want to put that into someone that's not serious. Right. Yeah. You know what you have to offer as a mentor. Right. And that's super valuable. Yeah. Right. Also, I feel like as an apprentice, you should also know like what there is that like what the possibilities are. Like, walking into here, it's like, damn, there's a lot of really talented veteran artists. It's like, if you really want this, you're going to have to work harder than, like, your average apprenticeship. Or... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Or even, like, me, it's like, like, I went through the apprenticeship, and they're like, now here's a machine. And I'm like, fuck, now I got to, like... Not, like, compete with these dudes, but, like, compete with these dudes. Yeah, yeah you finally, like, like, get good at being an apprentice. Yeah. You're like, yo, I'm, like, the yeah, most fire like one here roll. mopping the floors. Yeah. No one mopped the yeah. floors like me, you yeah. know? And, and then it's, like, here's something you're bad at, and you're, yeah. like, fuck. And then you do your first tattoo, and then you look around, and you're, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Yeah. And you're, like, don't look. Yeah. No one look at what I just did. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> but it's good, though. Yeah. Yeah. If like you do your first tattoo and you're happy with it, something went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like just if you do your first tattoo and like you're happy with it, but then you have like stuff like all this going around, it's like you should want more. I was mortified my first tattoo. Oh my God. Me too. I did my first tattoo and then it's like I look at like who else did a tattoo that same day and it's like Nate sleeved the dude out and I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Took me four hours to do a little match and he did a whole half sleeve in four hours. And like we'll have a talk usually when you start tattooing and I'm like, listen, you're a good artist. You're you're fucking here. Like I'm not going to tell you that anymore. You should know by now that you're a good artist. You're here. You earned the ability to tattoo. You've earned it. So don't think you don't deserve it or nothing like that. You've made it to the point. You've done everything you're supposed to. I'm not giving you a fucking compliment because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't. I'll be like, good. You did great. Like, what is that? How does that help you? you And I think I say like, if you want a fucking compliment, call your mom at the end of the day. She'll give you all kinds of compliments. We're here to grow, you know? So you might do a fire tattoo, but I'm pointing out what needs improvement and it has nothing to do with who you are as a person. It's just part of the mentorship. Right. Yeah. 
Right. But some, sometimes, like, an apprentice can take that the wrong way. Uh, yeah, my personal... Definitely. Sometimes an artist no, can take will. it the wrong yeah. way. They will yeah. take yeah. that like, My way. personal opinion, like, definitely, like, my generation's a little softer. I'm pretty sure, like, you get the gist. Like, the younger the person is, like, yeah. they're a little more delicate, That's I'd okay say. That's too. It just yeah. depends on how you it's just, manage that. It's just my generation period, I think, which is a little bit, yeah, as Ricky would say. <laughs> Ricky said this pussies. But yeah, like, the way John explained it is, I would say, is perfect. Like, you're not going to get pat on the back it's like here's what you could do to do better yeah like you said like your mom your mom will tell you good job yeah she yeah. loves to yeah but like also like having the connection with the apprentice to know when they're being too hard on themselves to like pull them back and be like yo are you all right like i know this is tough like this is a hard part of the apprenticeship and you're doing great you know to like kind of like keep that even balance that we were talking about which is which is hard yeah because sometimes, like, words from another just isn't enough, and you're just going to go home and feel like shit. Yeah. And then learning how to cope with that, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll ask every artist what they think about a tattoo, because I want to get ripped from every single, like, direction. <laughs> just want to be... Yeah, I just want <laughs> You just stand there with yeah. your back, and they're like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I want to see what everyone thinks, you know? Yeah. I want as many eyes as I could get for, like, an opinion, you know? Yeah. Because you're going to have something different to say than Ricky, and then... You know, he may notice something or you may notice something that he didn't notice or I didn't notice, you know, or completely different styles. Like I'll ask Nate and then you and you both look at tattoos a complete different way because you yeah. have a complete different approach. Yeah. That's a probably a really good way of getting better for sure. Yeah. A bunch of artists, a bunch of opinions. Yeah. Take yeah. what's we useful. We walk around the shop and harass each other while we're working. I mean, and you know, it's you really have helpful because <laughs> I'll go up to like my apprentice and be like, hey, you're using the wrong needle go to my station, grab this, do it like that. Yeah. And then yeah. this is what you're going to get out of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I, I feel like that needs to be done by everybody. Like for sure. Yeah. I think it's essential if you want to grow as an artist. It is. Yeah. Self critiquing isn't always like, isn't everything yeah. definitely need like, it's a different, a different <laughs> set of eyes. Yeah. Well, my goal is I was always, I would always try to like pull apart my tattoo and then ask you guys and see if like I could guess what I did wrong before like you say it. Did you have any like monumental or major struggles that stand out, whether it was through learning to tattoo or through opening your shop? Um, I mean, working, working at the major league tattoos, like they always kept me humble. Um, <laughs> Go on. Which was a good thing. Yeah. Because uh, I'd always pushed myself to be an artist. Uh, and then when I kind of just went private, um, I kind of had to take that responsibility for myself. And I feel like it's good to be overly critical of your work. Um, yeah. Not to the point of madness, right. obviously. Yeah. But it's really good because, if, especially if you're in a private studio, that's what's going to keep pushing your art forward. Um, that harsh self critiquing. Mm. I would literally finish the day look at the photo on my phone and zoom into the pixels mm -hmm. to see where that fucking pickup was, yeah. you know? And then I would just make sure that the next day, um, if I needed to fix something, I'd be like, hey, I need you to come in real quick because I forgot a dot on right. the nose yeah. of the anime character, yeah. you know? And that was really important to me. Quality of work is really important to me. And that's, that's kind of what I instill on everybody else. Like, zoom into your work pick that shit apart. Yeah. If you see a mistake, make a note of it for next time. If you don't know how to do something, don't do it. Right. Practice it until you know how to do it. Right. That's a big one. Like staying, 
somewhat reasonably in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You also got to like be able to realize like what you were happy that you did with your tattoo. You're like, oh, I'm really. I'm happy that I can realize my mistakes. Yeah. Because if I can't, that means I'm not looking at it right. Like, no, nothing I do is ever going to be perfect. Right. At that point, you're done growing. Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Are you still growing? Yeah. You never stop growing. I'll be hopefully. Forever. Some people do, bro. Forever apprentice. Some people like. They wake up and they're like, I know everything about tattooing now. And you got to go and take a seminar. Yeah. Yeah, or whatever the fuck it is. And I, I bet you don't. <laughs> I, I watched like one seminar once and the artist was like a 15-year artist and he was like, I am still an apprentice. Right. He's like, every day I learn, every day I grow, I'm still learning as if somebody who just started in the industry. Yeah. I may know more, but I'm still learning. Dude, my mentor would shake me and be like, if you get anything from this stay teachable your whole life your whole and like i have my mind like is really like against it's really closed you know like i'm very defiant at heart and it's hard for me a lot of times when people bring up a new idea my first thought is you're wrong i don't know why that's just how my brain works i'm like you're fucking wrong i'm not (laughs) listening to you and like the best way for me to combat that is to ignore that first voice and be like, maybe you're right, whether that's an apprentice or a longtime artist. You, like, you might come up to me and be like, hey, I noticed uh, when I hold a machine and do it like that. Like, my it is like, you're, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> You've been tattooing like one fucking year. You don't know anything. <laughs> I got to ignore that voice. I got to be like, okay, new perspective, fresh thought. Yeah. What is Cam talking about? Is this useful? Yeah. Right? And that's like how I can practice like staying, staying teachable. I feel like recently... I don't know like exactly how to word it, but like I realized that like you are still like also like very hungry because you'll even take like sometimes my I don't know like uh, word for like you'll ask me like yo how does this stencil look you know like even you are open to like my opinion on things and that's yeah. how like you're very open to everyone's you know opinions and stuff which is like our our way to grow right and you can tell when someone's like closed off you definitely you know? can yeah because like you. I like this. Which happens, and that's fine. Like, personal stuff. Like, all kinds of things will close you off. You know, you got some stuff going on in your personal life, maybe family life, maybe you're upset about a tattoo, like, whatever. you just have, like, a stubborn vision. You're like, I really want it this way. Yeah. It may be different. Yeah. But I get worried when it happens, especially when you're a younger tattooer. You could get, like, fixated on that almost. Right. Yeah. Have you dealt with that at the shop? Um, yeah, I've definitely clashed with a few arrogant, like, personalities. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a place for them somewhere, just not with me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that view. <laughs> Very passive. I like yeah. <laughs> like, I don't got to deal with that. Yeah. You're like, if, if you're willing to learn and you're open, I will help you. But if not, it's like, I'm not going to waste time on you. I mean, that, that's like, if you're not willing to learn... Maybe I'm not even willing to teach, but as soon as you start getting arrogant about stuff, that's when it becomes a problem. It's hard to deal with. Yeah, it's not for me. No. It's hard to be the bigger person in, like, those situations. No, it's not. You just got to learn to just (laughs) let things go, let things be, but just not in your proximity. Right. Yeah. And then also, like, as a shop owner, being able to see that, decide if it's something that can change, and if it's not, getting rid of it as fast as possible. Yeah, definitely. I would hold on to artists like way too long. No, I can't. I, yeah. I cut things off. Yeah. Super quick. You're like, cool, this is not going to work. Day, I know how hard I work to establish my team, my business, my space, you know, that trust. 
yeah. um, that reputation and anything that even slightly threatens it in the least is going to have to go. Right. It takes time to build like a really solid Yeah, man. Team. It takes time. It takes yeah. effort. Like I said, it literally almost cost me my sanity. So I'm not going to let some little fucktard come in and ruin <laughs> yeah. the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And it also hurts them because it's like, this is not the shop for you. Yeah. And like, maybe I'm holding them up from finding the shop for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. You know? Like I said, there's a place for them, just not with me. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah, we I've even like taken note of some of the shops in the area and the vibe that those shops have, which are different from this. Yeah. And if they don't work, I'm like, go to that shop. <laughs> go to that shop. You know? We have a really solid crew right now. Yeah. Yeah. Even like from when I've, I've been here, like almost two years. It's definitely really different now than than it was when I started. And it's yeah. taken us, like, I've seen it slowly progress into what we have now. Yeah, I mean, it's always changing. I'm sure your shop's like that, too, growing in we little ways. Growing, and, yeah. 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 We just keep adding on amazing people. And I know you said you did. You guys do a lot of, like, charitable events, right? Yeah. Tell me about that a little. Um, every year we try to pick, like, one charity. Mm-hmm. to just donate a shit ton of money to like a full day's work from everybody nice and we did whole versus cancer this year nice last year it was saint jude's and we teamed up with a chiropractor cool in the area doctor 305 and uh we did it all in the studio have a gallery space and he was just doing adjustments on people nice. for donation money and we were tattooing for donation money awesome. yeah. um, and even when we were private we held an event for like i think it was the amazon rainforest Cool. So I've always, that's been a big part of it too, like giving back. Yeah, and I'm sure it gets everyone together. Yeah, right? everyone yeah. has to stand behind something. Yeah. Yeah, you need stuff like that. Do you think in this industry, you know, you starting your own business and making your own path, do you think there's differences between gender, like how it would be for men and women? Do you feel any? Oh my God, totally. Like I cannot run a shop with the same way that, that you run yours. Like, it just doesn't suit me or, or my space. Yeah. And it's not about, like, a difference. It's just, like, the necessity to be different. Okay. You know, we need shops ran by men that, that host a staff full of men, just like we need shops ran by women that host a staff full of women. Yeah. And, like, you can have co-ed shops and stuff, but it just needs to be ran the right way because we all need certain things from our work environment. Right. You know? Um, and it definitely got to a point for me with my first shop where I just wasn't comfortable going to work. Like, I wasn't. With the major place. Yeah. yeah. Was that, that be- one. because you were a female in the industry? Uh, it was for a couple different things, but it was just things that, like, I didn't want to deal with. I didn't feel like I had to deal with. Did you feel um, like you ever had to, like, prove anything because you're a woman? Like, yeah. in the industry? I mean, to myself. Not really anyone else. Yeah. Um, but I just always wanted to work hard and, and create a space where people could feel like they're, they could work hard without being discriminated against or, yeah. you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Cause I, I mean, obviously we've seen it in the history, like in the beginning where it was really just men. Yeah. And then even getting tattoos, remember, like it was like weird, like 20, yeah. 30 years ago, you saw a woman with a tattoo it was taboo and there was a, a idea attached to that, yeah, you know, like a negative yeah. thing. Obviously it was kind of with, with everyone, you yeah. know, but I think even more so, like I'll talk to my parents about some of their friends that are women that had tattoos back then. And they're like, <laughs> she was up to no good, yeah. you know, or even like, like whatever. I would remember like, even as like a kid, you'd see a fully tattooed dude and think it's like cool. And then you see like a fully tattooed woman. You're like, I wonder what she's been through. 
Right, because society yeah. would tell you like that. She's no different than the dude, but yeah, just society. Like, me Art. growing up as a kid is always, like, seeing, like, women and tattoos is always, like, there was something. Right. Yeah. And then you said you started your apprenticeship, and you just walked into a room full of guys. Yeah. Right? They did have a, a female tattooer okay. on staff, but she was not there, like, for my first week. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I walked in, a, like, same thing that I've always done, like, going to a job interview the boss was usually a man, you know, just yeah. go in there with resume, a big smile. I went in there with my sketchbook and a big smile yeah. and like all the work ethic in the world and, and it worked, you know? Yeah. Now when you, do you think as an apprentice, men and women should be treated complete equals or do you think there should be differences in the approach? I think uh, if you're a male mentoring a woman, you need to actually like, keep in mind and be mindful of the tone, you know, cause there is a, a power dynamic there, sure. you know, the same, like I've only mentored women. I don't think I, I have the ability to, to mentor a man or the patience to mentor a man. It's right. just not it for me. But you, stupid. Have to, you have to create those boundaries within yourself. You right. know, you got to know what works for you. Cause like I've, I've had female apprentices and like I've noticed without thinking, treating them different. And, like, honestly, like, being harder on the males oh. for whatever reason. I didn't feel like it was that way for me. I felt like a lot of responsibility was put on me even after I became an artist. Like, yeah. I remember in one instance, I was asked to clean a microwave. And I'm like, yo, there's a perfectly good apprentice twiddling his thumbs in the front yeah. desk. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, women just clean the microwave better. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? No. Well, yeah. Because yeah. well, cause then I remember, like, noticing I was doing that. And I was like, I don't know if that's right. Maybe I should just treat everyone equal you know, and then trying to like compensate for that. Like, okay. Like I, you know, it wasn't with cam, but let's say like cam and, and a female both apprenticing, maybe I noticed I'm ragging more on cam. I'm like, is that incorrect? Like, should I treat them both the same? I mean, it depends on, on how you bond with cam, you know, right. if you bond on him by like making fun of him, like just ragging right. on him all day, that's great for, for your relationship. But Normally, women don't like that. Women right. don't bond like that. They like right. the teasing so much. Yeah, they yeah. don't like that shit. I don't like that shit. Yeah. Um, I don't bond with any of my friends like that or right. my staff. But that that's just the difference in, in character at that point. Yeah. And and personality, you have to be able to, to be compatible, too. And the conclusion I think I ended up coming to, because I wanted like a, a quality in some sense, mm -hmm. is kind of what you mentioned before, that everyone is treated on an individual basis. And I could be like consistent with that, if that makes sense, you know, because I didn't want anyone feeling like they were treated different. I wanted them to feel a part of, you know, I didn't want anyone like, oh, John treats me different because I'm a woman. John treats me different because I'm older. John treats me different because I'm a guy. Mm -hmm. John treats me different because I live with my parents. Like I was like, no, like I want to establish equality and also in order to have a great tattoo artist at the end, because that's what we're trying to do here. Right. Definitely. You know, and then I would also think, like, because I try to prepare apprentices for their career to come, right? And, like, I remember, I remember, like, with, with everyone, even with Cam, like, this, these are things to expect, you know? And, like, getting females coming in and, like, noticing them mimicking what other females were doing, dealing with, um, what... So this is the example I'll use. 
like I had one female apprentice and she was noticing that a lot of other female artists she follows were using sex appeal to generate clientele. Absolutely. Right? Oh my God, yes. That was a huge problem. And uh, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but at one point- <laughs> Get him in trouble. <laughs> get him in trouble. <laughs> at one point, <laughs> uh, the first shop I was at, like someone told me, they're like, oh yeah, it's sex sells. So just post a picture right. of you like with your titties out. Watch, watch you get like a walk-in. And honestly, I was so young and naive that I fell into that bullshit. But sure. the problem was I was creating these fucking creepy ass clients. Yeah. yeah. That, and then, you know, I would be surprised when they would act inappropriately during a session. So for a while, um, for years, I would say I didn't post a single picture of myself. Like yeah. I just started posting like professional uh, photography of like me in the studio. Well, you have an image space. now that benefits from that yeah but like it just doesn't fall in line with what yeah. they were telling me to do yeah, yeah you can do it just certain ways yeah yeah that's not the way i don't feel like it's the way especially if you want to portray your work like if you want to be a model go for it yeah but yeah. but don't try to sell your tattoo work yeah. Yeah. there's plenty of like tattooed models that sell it that way like i'm a model but i'm tattooed so right. like, if you're yeah and, like, that hadn't come up with me before. And, like, when she asked me, like, is this something I should do? I was like, I don't I don't know. I have to think about this a little more, you know? And kind of the conclusion we came up with is I was like, what do you want to be known for, you know? And she's like, I want to be known for my tattoos. And I was like, then post your tattoos. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like what we figured out together. Not to rag on anyone that does it different. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever works, I respect the hustle. Yeah. But I think it is important to ask yourself, like, what do you want your audience to see? Definitely. You know what I mean? And what kind of people do you want to attract? Because uh, we, we see it all. We see artists, half their page is pictures of themselves. And maybe that works, and that's awesome, and that's a marketing tool. Great. You know, we'll, I'll see pictures where, like, I just had a guest artist, like, reach out, and I didn't know anything about, like, him or what he, there was no pictures of him. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even sure his gender. I was like, what, like, what? Who, when you show up at the shop, like, what am I looking for, you know, to see? Because um, there were just no pictures of himself, but the fucking tattoos were fire, you know? So I saw that. I was like, cool, this is an amazing artist. You know, I don't know much about this artist, but I know it's an amazing artist. You know, I think it's important to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Definitely. Yeah. It doesn't really like work for client. men. What? It doesn't really work for men. Adrian, uh, <laughs> I was say, it works for some of them. Didn't work for Adrian. He lost followers. Yeah, he did. <laughs> for putting out sexy photos. <laughs> yeah. What happened? <laughs> Adrian did his sexy photo shoot. People can't handle his midriff, is all I can say. That up. <laughs> but, you know. Adrian did kind of like a gag shoot, I guess you could say. And it didn't work well for him. <laughs> Maybe he got rid of clients he doesn't want anyway. You're right. Uh -huh. Maybe he weeded out some of them. That's right. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. If I end up like seeing you more than your tattoos, I'm like, ah. Um, I have clients that fly me out to states because they're babies and and they refuse to go to anyone else. Yeah. Um, some people are scared of Miami. No, they're not. I feel like I'll tell some clients I'm in Florida and they're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, whoa. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been I've been going to conventions recently a lot more, so that's nice. been fun. Are you hitting any of this upcoming year? You'll be in uh, the anime one in Miami, right? Yeah, that one. You want to tell um, us more I'm about that? I'm not going to work it. I'm just going to have yeah. the booth there. 
Um, but my staff is going to be there working hard, and then I'm going to Philly right nice. before that. We'll be in Philly also. Yeah? Yeah, Ricky will be with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you like fun. conventions? Um, I think they're fun. Nice. I think they're fun. To work, not really. There's a lot of pressure there. Are you working Philly? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else from your studio over there? Is it no, I get to go with um, FK Irons. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I fucking hate conventions. <laughs> They're fun to like chill and vibe and, and to discover new cities. Like I got mm -hmm. tickets to this really great museum that has sculptures. Cool. In Philly? Yeah, it's like right there next to the center. So I think I'm, I'm going to get grab there a day that, early. Grab that info for you. From that me. is cool. Yeah. That is like the way to do it. I, I just feel like... I just want a cheesesteak, to be honest. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, like, I don't... Like, I'm sober. I'm in a relationship. I'm there to tattoo. So, for me, it's very much like, go there. Danny, is that... Where did Danny go? It's very much like, go there. Make sure I get good sleep, because it's a long day. So, go to bed early. Um, like, I'm not going out partying. FaceTime my girl at the hotel. Let her know I'm alive. <laughs> Sleep, tattoo, sleep, tattoo, sleep. It's very, like, work, you know? Right, but you can still have fun. Like, they have seminars and those things. There's always, like, museums nearby that you can check out in the city. Like, the ones with the statues really great. And you can always check out, like, Michelin restaurants. If True. you like eating. Like, True. you could go out and just have a really great, yeah. like, nine-course meal. We're probably going to have, like, one really nice dinner while we're out there. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure, like, we'll have fun. It's just that's, like, what I've noticed ends up happening for me with conventions it becomes and I more really, stressful with the work almost. it's just a lot yeah because like whenever it opens so when it closes like that's when i'm tattooing yeah i'm not fucking going out at night yeah. i grew up around philly i don't care about philly you didn't get like too much you know? time to walk around yeah or like whatever yeah. it'll be fun to go with you to yeah. like show you stuff yeah. and like have you enjoy it because yeah. i've already done so it this is my first times. convention i'm kind of nervous because philly is like I heard I've pretty. Never been to Philly, but they I heard it's hectic. Yeah, it's it's so. great. Yeah. It's a great time. I'm excited yeah. for it to be my first convention because I know it's like I know it's an experience. Ricky's very excited. Maybe that's like what I'm doing wrong because I don't leave my booth. I'm just there and I'm tattooing the whole time and then I'm done. I usually tattoo like two out of three days and one day I just go around meeting everyone that that's I want good. to. I, yeah, I booked one of the days only for like a half day because I want to like walk around and experience it's things. Fun. Yeah. I know there's a couple, a lot of South Florida artists are going to be up there. I've, a lot of people I've spoken to will be there. Yeah. A couple of Dan, No Man's Land crew will be up there. So I want to like, That's the one thing it's yeah. great for. It's like seeing friends you don't get to see a yeah. lot. You know? Which and I, I try to book for. friends when I'm up there. So it's like a little more relaxed. <laughs> you know, like I can just go leave for an hour and yeah. like fuck around mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But I just so much prefer like guest spots. Like that I I intimacy you get, like when you go to someone's shop, you get to spend quality time with them. I love getting guest artists. Yeah. I love spoiling them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you get a guest artist, I mean, what, is, what does that look like? Because everyone kind of has their own little uh, way of handling that. Um, so I usually like set a standard if they want to like do appointments or walk-ins or whatever. But most of the time they end up being pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm just like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You treat them like, <laughs> like this is artist. your house. Nice. This is your fucking house, bro. Do whatever you want. You kind of do the same thing here. We'll kind of like, like feel them out. Like, cause we. I'll feel them out for like the first two, three days. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there have been times where like a guest artist comes and I'm like, wow, I really don't like how you handle yourself. Yeah. And I'm, obviously I'm polite and I'm like, thank you for coming, but. He said, never again. Do you Danny, like, don't talk let him. to them before they show up? Like, video 
nothing. No, we just kind of like look at the work, kind of see what's up. Danny will talk to them. I mean, I'm just kind of answered for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really like go into too much depth. I kind of look at their work, obviously. I talk to them a little bit. Um, but we kind of just, you know, you'll never know who you can get. Anyone can be anyone on the internet. Yeah, I remember I had this guest artist come once, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to be there for, like, a week. And I'm like, all right, cool. Then he came, and the story changed. And suddenly, like, he wants to, to stay permanently. Gotcha. And he wants, like, a visa. And was his name Dan Serna? <laughs> uh, shit. Dan's been guest spotting here for, like, yeah. two years. <laughs> yeah. But also... Like, I know that there might be a guest artist that I don't like, but other people here like and can learn from, yeah. you know? So it's whatever. But typically, you're a host, and they're your guests. Definitely. Right? So it's like, how do I accommodate that? Um, especially if they're coming from out of country. Like, we, you know, we have someone coming from out of country soon, and, like, I feel like it's our responsibility to show them around. Yeah. Especially. Especially, like, if they're unfamiliar with the area, whatever. Like, at least do one dinner with them. Spend some time outside the shop. I feel like that's important. Yeah. You know? I mean, not everyone's open to that, but that's something that I like to do. Like, we had a really great guest artist coming from Mexico. His name is Moy Marston. Yeah. Um, and, like, every day, like, somebody from the shop would take him out. Like, Danny nice. took him out skating. Yeah. I took him out eating a bunch of times. And he was just, like, baffled at the amount of food that we ate together. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he went out to, like, a concert with one of the other artists. Yeah. So that's cool. fun. We get to hang out. It is good. It is Sometimes we, and I, I feel bad sometimes because it's, like, so busy. I don't get to spend the, the quality time that I want to all the time. Uh, but to kind of deal with that, I'm like, hey, come back. You know, like, you did great. Maybe we didn't get to spend enough time together. It was a busy week for me. Whatever. Things come up, you know, uh, and come back and maybe get another chance. What about when you guessed at someone else's shop? I haven't guessed at anyone else's shop, man. You have to. I haven't been invited, so I had planned to... You're invited. To- You're invited. <laughs> yeah. I live here now. <laughs> I had planned to go to, to Iceland for like three months. Wow. I had arranged with Reykjavik Inc. the full three months. Like They told me where to stay, everything. But then like COVID hit, man. Yeah. And it really like ruined my plans, so... I told myself uh, that was the first place that I would ever guest spot at. But then I started building the studio and like, yeah. it just requires so much of my presence that that's really what I want to do with the next, with the last two years of my five year lease. Is travel? Wanna, yeah. Yeah. I want to find a really great shop manager, just like establish that trust, like have him there or her there, whoever. Um, and just like go, just go yeah. and meet everyone. Well, you, that's a good point, because actually I wasn't traveling a lot in the beginning because I was too afraid to leave the shop. Yeah, I'm know? terrified. Like, I took three days off last week, and someone took a shit in the parking lot, and we don't right. know what to do about it. Right. And, and you know, it's, it's like always a crisis when you step back even for just a second. You take yeah. a day off, and something gets set on fire. Not literally, but you know what Sometimes. I mean. Sometimes. One time <laughs> our, our dumpster got lit on fire. Literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Things yeah. happen. <laughs> we all saw by the way cam's uh knowledge of using a fire extinguisher was phenomenal 
He runs up there. I'm like, look at this kid. He was running in slow motion and There's shit. There's instructions on it. He gets there. He goes, he can't read. What do I do? He almost <laughs> threw the extinguisher at the fire. <laughs> it was gonna douse. And then Adrian's so- trying to do spells. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we have like six fire extinguishers in here. They're everywhere in here. Dan's trying he to shoot four. it with his gun. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then like the after the fire department came and it was kind of like contained. He goes, "Does anybody smoke back here?" We're like, "No." And Bobby, one of our artists who normally comes from downtown, he goes, "No, we would never." Actually, he lit it when there was still a baby fire. <laughs> He lit it, it off. He used the fire he to light fire. it. Yeah, it was like already going down when we were talking to one of the guys. It was funny because we were watching the smoke from the front and we're like, holy shit, something's on fire. We were looking at it from the front for five minutes. Like, yeah. look, it's getting worse. And then some client goes, Yo, your dumpster's on fire. I'm like, it's <laughs> us. <laughs> Run back there. Someone definitely sabotaged us. Hopefully. That's I nice. mean, yeah. Hopefully. Well, hopefully it wasn't us is what I'm trying to say. It was Adrian I'm trying to get revenge. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, but I'm, I th- obviously things happen. They come up with solutions. You fix it, whatever. But I'm excited for you. I hope that happens. I'll be fine. The manager, you build the trust. You yeah. get it, and you get to travel a little bit and do Danny, that. Danny, our current manager, was your client. Yeah. yeah. That's I've how we found Danny. Tattoo shop. What? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? So Danny started off as a client. As a client. Yeah. And yeah. Now, now he's... The best manager oh, wow, ever. Yeah. yeah, grown up. Yeah, well, I never thought I'd be doing this. I, I was actually in a rough spot. First, so sure. Danny really <laughs> built it slowly because we didn't like fully bring him on as a manager. He kind of just came in. We were like, "Yo, you want to shoot some videos?" He just started shooting Two videos, times. spending time at the shop. We we kind of noticed how he just vibed with everyone. Everyone kind of respected Danny, which I know like. Yeah, our previous manager, like, we were just venturing into, like, having a manager. We were t- testing it out. Yeah, we went through, like, five five managers. Yeah. Oh, my God. But Danny just vibed with the whole crew. It was, like, How did you just not, like, puzzle go piece? And be, like, I'm the manager for, like... I almost did. I was, I, I was, like, I don't... I'm, like, maybe this is unrealistic, what I'm looking for. Yeah. You know? And I couldn't figure out if it was, like, the amount I was offering for pay... I'm like, maybe this is just breeds a certain kind of level of manager that, and I need higher. I couldn't figure out if it was like an age thing. I could, like, I just, I was like, what am I, what am I doing wrong? You know? Uh, and I, I don't think anything. I just think I, it was like, don't give up. Like, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. And which is, I know it's not it's like exhausting. Which I, know. I feel like we weren't even looking for a manager in Danny when we, when it happened either too. It was kind of just oh, like, we were. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I feel like it did kind of like happen seamlessly. Two things, because I know people are going to ask about your setup and mas- machines you use. So I do want to get into that, like okay. where it started and where it, where it is now. Did you start on coils? I did start on coil. So I had this like raggedy, I don't, I don't even think it was branded, probably from China. Nice. Yeah. Raggedy ass coil. Yeah. <laughs> and then my boss would sometimes let me use his Mickey Sharp. I remember when I got my first Mickey Sharps. So you yeah. don't even know what that I is. I heard that I name before. It. Yeah. I hated it. Like, it was heavy. jack up my hand. Like, they had the tiny, brass ones, too. Yes, little things. <laughs> right, and I, like, I complained to my boss about it once. I was like, listen, like, I go home at the end of the day, and like my hand is cramped up, like all this shit. And he's like, well, your career is going to be short. Right. And you better get used Here, to tattoo it. Tattoo with this five-pound dumbbell. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Um, Tribal. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, somebody recommended I get like a rotary. I think it was the Halo. Yeah. From FK. Okay. And I have that tattooed on my arm because I was like my the machine that saved my life. Gotcha. You know, 
I grabbed that and like I started running it and it was just crazy. Like changed tattooing for you? Yeah, it did. And then once I switched to cartridges because we had to we had the traditional needles and the metal tubing and all that shit. Yeah. It was just like it was nice. It was nice to be able to like dispose of that super quick, switch them out, just click them in without like taking down your whole setup because I could only afford one machine. Right. You know? It was nice. I think it's I think like nowadays too, it could be semi-useful to like new apprentices too like the simplicity of it now like you just need one rotary and all you have to worry about is getting a couple of different cartridges and then you're, you're pretty much set nowadays yeah. yeah it's just different like when i first there was something about learning how to build a machine and tune it that i feel like was really special and i'm worried that you guys are gonna miss out on that for sure uh Maybe it's unnecessary. But I also feel like tattooing his... Dude, I would. I knew my machine so well. And it was different than anyone else's. You would hear Logan. it sound Logan. just off, and you're like, it's oh, sound. tighten the rubber band. No, That's one. it. Yeah. And right, we could have the same machine, and mine, mine would be different. Yeah. Different wear and tear on it, you know, different setup. Um, even if the geometry was somewhat the same, like maybe your front springs worn down more than mine. And, and it was this very like manual experience. Like you knew your machine. Yeah, bro. And it, yeah, it was intimate. And like, if I'm going to run bigger lines, I'm going to tweak it. If I'm run skinny lines, I'm going to tweak it. And it was, it was this, this personal relationship that I would build with this thing. And I like cherished it and I would take care and I would clean even my tubes. Like I would, I had a bunch of like seven diamond liner tubes and there was one that was my favorite and one that I fucking hated kind of like laundry, you know, like, oh, I fucking hate those socks, but everything else is dirty. Like you would have these experiences. Now my first changeover was to the Neotat. You remember those like box fucking Neotats or whatever? He was still rocking one of them. And I was like excited year. about it because you could still use like the bar needles with the the grips, but it was like still this like different feel. It almost was like this more consistent and it didn't have as much give as the springs, but it was cool to like mix and match with that. I mean, I use Rotary now. Like I use Bishop. I fucking love Bishop. That's all I use. Like I always, I just know him by like the strokes, you know? Cause like I remember all these people are like, "Oh, do you use the packer, the shade?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know." I did four point two. I pack and shade in line yeah, with this thing. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, but that that was a weird transition to the pen. I remember I saw when I was working with Tyler, he used the hawk pen and cartridges, and I like looked at this setup, and I was like, "Wow, this is such a simple setup. It's so easy to travel with. It just looked way more convenient." You know, then traveling like with all your tubes and your different coils for different things, Power single supply. coil, double yeah. coil, whatever. And like you, you have like two check bags and you're like, I hope it all makes it there safe. You know, and I'm like, oh, pen and cartridges, that's it. This is easy. And I remember I used the pen and cartridges for the first time and I was like, I can't pull a line. <laughs> I was like, I suck with you this like thing. You needed the weight almost. Bro, and at yeah. the same time, I was transitioning to the 3RL shading. <laughs> yeah, I was like trying to change too many things at once. I probably broke up with my girlfriend. I was changing where I live, 3RL, everything. You know? uh, and I, I would have like my coil out like to help. And that like really wasn't helping because like, I'd kind of just fuck up your tattoo with my hawk pen and then... I would try to fix it with the fucking mag coil. 
Um, then one day I was like, enough, like I want to learn this. I think it was five years, six years into tattooing and I just put the coil away and I'm like, I'm going to fucking learn how to use this dildo machine <laughs> if it kills me, you know? Uh, and I think it took like three months for me to like be producing tattoo I actually liked. But what I did like about the rotary pen with the cartridge is like, even though I wasn't comfortable with the setup, it was always consistent. Like it really wasn't going to change like the coil would sometimes, you know, it just was what it was. And if I could like learn to master that and that, it, that it would work. And it really just put the focus on like my hand control, you know, it, the, the machine was going to be the same every time. Mm -hmm. The only variable was me. And, and I liked that, I, that concept. And, and I, tried to really implement it not only in the rest of my setup, but like in, in my booking style too, like consistency, consistency. Cause I really just use like the three round liner. Sometimes I'll put out like a five mag or a seven mag just to help with time to build values at the end, but it's three caps. You know, I use a solid black, a 50% and a full water cap. I use that fucking three RL needle, the dildo machine, and the fucking, and it's a cartridge, you know? My favorite setups yeah. are with just like one ink cap with triple black. Yeah. That's it. Just right. pressure. And it, cause yeah. the way it looks is how it's going to heal. Yeah, definitely. Right? Cause I used to fuck around with all of these gray wash setups and whatever. And like, oh, keep in mind it heals three shades lighter and like whatever, yeah. you know? And then even if it does, you got to tattoo it darker. So then the client thinks they have a darker tattoo. I don't know. It's just, yeah. you know what I mean, right? I do. What does your setup look like now? Um, like so I you said, got some, you got some pink stuff, right? And, and a cup of water. One ink cap? Just one big ink cap of trickle black, a yeah. cup of water, and the Flux Max from FK Irons. Yeah. Some See, I like that. Yeah, it's like simple. And I have like a ton of colors on the wall and they look cute, very aesthetic. But right. like I rarely, like I'll just do like a pop of red sometime. Like an yeah. accent. Like an accent, yeah. white highlights maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 What stroke is the machine you're running? I have a 4.0. Okay. So nice and mid -range. it's nice because you could play with the e -give. They actually just had me film a tutorial on the e -give, so I know everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it was a little nerve-wracking because they had the engineer in the room, too, and I didn't want oh, to wow. sound stupid. Right. <laughs> the dude who designed the built yeah. it right there. <laughs> it's pretty good. But it's good. Like, sometimes, like, a highly trained professional will explain stuff in a way that, like, doesn't makes sense to my stupid brain, you know? And I, like, need someone. Because I had that happen with uh, a few different products. And it took, like, Dan or, like, some other tattooer to be like, uh, when you do this, it hits harder. And when you do this, it hits softer. And I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. What's, What's your setup look like? Uh, similar, like, between, like, what I'm doing, I either do, like, full cap black and then a half cap, or it's just, like, one cat black. I feel like if you were able to like get that down, if you're able to complete a whole tattoo with just one cap of black, depending on like your pressure, yeah. I feel like you're really like introducing the technical like technical application. Yeah, like you're perfect. really using skill at that point. And I feel like if you were able to get that down, if you can get a really light tone with a solid cap of black and it heal light too, like there's something satisfying about that, knowing that I did like this tattoo that has this whole scale of gray in it. And knowing that you did it with just one cap of black. Yeah. But sometimes like me being a beginner artist, like that having that fifty percent cap may help me sometimes. 
but I like to keep it like simple too because I'm also pretty much doing like the liner stuff also. So yeah, like pressure is a big the three RL shading. Yeah, the three RL yeah. stuff is also like your hand pressure plays a huge part in that style of tattooing, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. I feel like the pen helps you also just focus on that pressure. Yeah. Instead of just letting the machine carry that. Weight. I would definitely yeah. say like yeah, for me like I personally learned on a rotary pen styled machine. Um, it really just helped me dial in on just the tattoo yeah, you can part. Back off a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. not. You know, turn the voltage down a little bit, like hand speed also big. Do you hang your needle or you ride? I hang my needle. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you can, if you can also master working off just the tip of your needle, you're like, you're setting yourself up for. Yeah. I have a phrase with Julia is just the tip. Yeah. Whenever we tattoo each other, that's what we scream at each other. (laughs) Also, if. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you can always go darker you can't go lighter once yeah. you go too dark so yeah. also that was another thing like when learning on that like that style of tattooing like with pressure it's like maybe it did come back healing kind of light but i'd rather heal light than be blown yeah you rather shit. do a small retouch yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent all day now do you often like try new machines and cartridges and different like things of the setup? I do. I love trying new things. Like yeah. whenever the the supplier comes by, he's like, Hey, I got this new thing. I'm like, Yeah, let me get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um like all different kinds of brands. I love getting yeah. samples from different kinds of brands, yeah. but I feel like once you try like a lot of them, you kinda narrow down like the the four manufacturers yeah. that create yeah. all the different brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can already tell just by looking at the cartridge. Which one it right. is, Do you have you a know? specific brand of cartridge you like to use? Um, I love to use like Bishop Da Vinci's. I like I the love Da Vinci's. Quadrants. Um, but I'm sponsored by <laughs> Jay Conley. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, no, I get that. I I wasn't forever. I was like a grumpy old man. I was like, this is what I use. She took. <laughs> no, 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 it was Cheyenne. Yeah. Um, I was like, only use Cheyenne. Fuck everything else. And maybe like two years ago, I was like, all right, I'm going to start like looking around more, you know, got a Bishop, got a Flux, started fucking around with the cartridges. And I realized that like I was limiting myself by doing that. You just got to try shit like samples at Costco. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. But like, and now, but then I'm like, oh, my life's about to get more expensive. Right? Like when I try new <laughs> shit. Like they got me on those little like fun, uh, sponge cap things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or whatever it is. They're like a dollar each. I fucking <laughs> love those things. <laughs> I wish I never knew about them though. Because now you know, normal rinse cups never now the same. I, yeah, now I need one, bro. Or like the different like gels and stuff you use. Like uh, Keep you could go crazy with it. <laughs> Yeah, dude, bro. I don't even want to fucking know. And it's like, but now it's like, I, I really like the NV mags, which I would have never known about. And of course they're really fucking nice. more expensive. Yeah. And I like the black claw cartridge liners, like those hella tight one. Cause they're hella tight. And two, they're like really stiff. Like I like sturdy. crazy tension, like where it's going to break my machine in a year. Like that's like what I'm looking for. I don't know why. It's just what I like. Yeah, really strong membranes. In there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes if there's like the membranes like too soft, especially like with the 3RL, like it takes long enough to build up the area anyway. Like I want something firm. 
if it has too much like give back, it's just going to double my fucking time. But I, th- I think it's really important. I got that 5.0 stroke Bishop and like, I it's love to line machine. with that, you know? And if I want to show like a lot of texture and, and like realism, like I, I like that too. Like that hard hit. I like it for like the black work. Like if I want to see some dots, like that 5.0 right, will give right. it to me. Yeah, it's a really cool machine. But there's always new stuff, and and you got to try it, even if you you don't like it or whatever. And maybe I'll try the flux again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> the um, new one looks cool. The Max is is really nice. Like the functions that are built into the the machine. Yeah, and there has like an helpful. app that like, goes with it. There right? is an app that goes with it. I'm just waiting for them to like get to the point where you could tell Siri to like move your voltage and change. Because I, I heard that they are working on that. They are. Like they there's an app for it now. You can take it out. It, it was just a dark released. lab app, right? No, there's an FK iron. It is FK now. Okay. If they sent me one, I would try it. Oh yeah, I yeah. got you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell them to send you one. Yeah. What's your favorite color? What are the options? They have a black and gold they one. That's, so they have this many. black and gold one. Black and gold. Yeah, the black and gold. And gold. So that, okay. I mean, and this is like this is like what I'll say. Like, and I think it's the same with you. You feel very authentic. If I'm going to stand behind a company, it's going to be one that I fucking love. And the day I don't love it, like I'm going to reach out to them, let them know my thoughts. And if it's not something that's changed or I can't stand behind, like I won't. But like for those products that I do stand behind and I think they're fucking amazing along with the team. And like the the biggest one is like allegory to, to me. Like, just the family they have there, the ink. Like, like I'm just happy with it. So you're never going to see me, like, representing something that, like, I don't believe in. You know? And, I, and it seems like it's the same with you. Um, but, like, I'm also constantly in search for the best products for me. Which which might not be, you know, for you or you or, or whatever. I'm always open to trying new things. A hundred percent. And I think, I think we need to be, right? Because we've seen it happen with a couple companies that they just don't evolve. They don't keep up with it. I mean, yeah. even like us starting with coil and like, you know, I haven't touched a coil in fucking years. Like the industry evolves, so we have to keep up with it, you know, if it's just I mean, faster there's, and there's faster. There's that still tattoo with coils. Um, right. My chest tattoo was done with a straight up coil and it was, it was nice. Like I kind of missed the noise. You know, it was very nostalgic. Yeah. Well, that's what like, people like Dan Cuban come in where they're making the rotaries that almost like hit like coils. They're, they're loud, they sound like them, um, and they're just really solid machines. Right, and there's something for everyone. Yeah, a little know? bit lighter. And like, so this is a question that I wanted to ask you. Obviously, there's always new people coming in the industry. I mean, what, like, what do you have to say for people that are watching, that are thinking about coming into the industry? Like, how should they go about, you know, trying to get involved? Um, advice you might have for them? Oh my gosh, um, have fun. Stay genuine. Don't take yourself too seriously. And um, always try to find community in the yeah. industry, whatever that means. Like, it's not cool to be like a lone wolf artist in their private studio, like I'll hold up. You know, you have to meet people. You have to get out there. You have to mingle. Because um, it's, it's, it's what the industry is all about. Right. And what, if anything, changes would you like to see in our industry? Um, like more stuff like this, honestly, it's so cool that we can sit here and like talk on your podcast together. Cause I feel like maybe you go back five, maybe even 10 years ago, like none of this was even like a thing to be considered in the industry, you know? 
And right. and I like that I can come here and get tattooed by Dan and like hang out and like Dan goes to Miami to visit sometimes, yeah. you know. Um I think people just need to to build better relationships with each other. Right. Like and locally. I, I agree. I think kind of where tattooing came from that was not the vibe it wasn't it was everyone versus each other they uh, i remember my mentor said like back in the day um if you opened a tattoo shop like too close to someone they would go with a hammer and break yeah. your fucking burn fingers. the whole thing down yeah. yeah this is our territory yeah right and like what it really comes down to is like there's enough clients for everyone and it's like why wouldn't we come together we're just yeah. going to grow faster definitely i know personalities don't match up and whatever and that's fine you can avoid people that you don't get along with or you don't click but instead of like using energy to bash them or bring them down just use energy to find more like-minded people right yeah that's what it's all about and if there's like one thing or one mark that you could leave on the tattoo industry during your time in your career what would that thing be or what would you hope it to be um oh man um yeah i I hope that i would have enabled some people who otherwise would have never been comfortable to go to a regular tattoo shop because it's a little intimidating yeah um to step out of their shell and you know join us tattoo delinquents with at least a little something um in a place where they don't feel like judged by it you know yeah yeah i think that's awesome Mm -hmm. what about you cam I agree. That's it. Yeah. What a boring <laughs> fucking answer. Are you gonna copy? It, it wasn't. Gonna, it wasn't. It wasn't gonna sound anywhere near as good as what she says, though. Yeah, I always believe. Just want to leave a good impact on the industry. Yeah. A lot of times, like tattooing is one on one. Like you are a person's maybe first and last experience with tattoos. So it's like kind of each. It's up to each of us to you know leave a good imprint on a 